and welcome to Stories Between the Lines podcast. I am your host, Nandini, kicking off the very first episode of 2022. Happy New Year to you all! The beginning of the year is often dedicated to self-improvements and fitness and wellness and oh, the diet talk. Yes, we do have to take care of our physical and mental health. Eating healthy and exercising is important, very important. But food in moderation is really the key to happiness. Certain types of food can actually generate feelings of happiness. Did you know that? Kind of takes you to your happy place. Nothing can be emotionally uplifting than reminiscing about food we grew up eating. The comfort of home. So, I decided to kickstart this New Year's episode of the Stories Between the Lines podcast to feature the tasty pages of The Flavors of Home, a cookbook packed with equal parts of stunning photographs, lip-smacking recipes, and nostalgic food stories. A book dedicated to food and family and the fond memories associated with it. First glance, a cookbook may seem like a simple collection of recipes, but when you read more closely, each page will actually tell you a different story. Now, if you're a foodie, the prospect of listening to a food podcast could be pretty absurd at first. How is food supposed to appeal to your ears? But hearing about yummy food does make your mouth water, right? I had a lovely chat with Dr. Vino Chopra, who has lovingly put together this brilliant cookbook, Flavors of Home. Like her book, Dr. Chopra's life is like a perfect blend of Indian spices. She was born in Amritsar, raised in Alapi, educated in Oti and Trivandrum, and has been living in New Delhi for over 40 years. Through her book, she traces her family roots from Lahore in the pre-partition era of India and to her father's Burmese connection and her enriching childhood in Kerala. The full story of each recipe makes this book an incredible memoir. At the time of recording this episode in New Jersey where I live, the weather outside was freezing cold. Trying to get out of my warm and cozy bed was a torture. It was minus 7 degrees Celsius. With my first cup of coffee, I was browsing through the Flavors of Home book and found this really warm story about the Buttawala. You know, he's the He's literally called the corn man in India, a street vendor who makes toasty corn on the cob. This corn is roasted over hot charcoal, rubbed with just the right amount of salt and chili powder and lemon juice, served on leafy husk from the corn, a quintessential food on a rainy day in India. I was just craving to eat this warm and toasty butter this morning but I instead made an equally comforting recipe from Dr. Chopra's book 
an Indian style spicy and soft corn egg scramble. This corny idea she calls it in the book was so delicious and just warmed my tummy on this cold wintry morning. And with that, I extended a warm welcome to Dr. Chopra to the Stories Between the Lines podcast. It's wonderful being on this forum. Thank you for inviting me, Nandini. And thank you for letting me share my food journey with all of you. The very first question I wanted to ask Dr. Chopra was actually triggered by my son who was studying to be a doctor. He saw the cookbook on my coffee table and immediately reacted saying, a doctor writing a cookbook? Wow, that's fascinating. So what inspired an accomplished medical practitioner to be a culinary expert and then transcribe the expertise into awesome recipes in a book? Well, you know, if one doesn't document some recipes which are favorites of the family, they get lost down the way. Every family I find has got maybe the same type of recipes made in a different way. But this is the way I would like our family to document the recipes we've been eating since since I learned it from my mom and my mother-in-law. So I wanted the kids and grandkids to imbibe from that and, you know, keep it in the family. And that way they could, they could also be uh, the part of the, the life I had lived. So beautifully said. I'm sure the family recipes will evoke wonderful memories and uh, help uh, in any small way keep the traditions alive. The very first story in the book actually made me really drool and smile at the same time. It's a salad made with the king of fruits a beautiful looking mango salad. I feel like I can dedicate an entire episode to talk about mangoes. It truly is the king of fruits, isn't it? And we have so many varieties in India. Just like the French are proud of their cheese, we have Indian mangoes to be proud of. I think the very mention of mangoes and mango trees triggers nostalgia for many of us as it vividly reminds us of the careless days of the Indian summer. There is a saying that April showers bring mango blossoms and an indication that the hot summer days are fast approaching. For many of us who grew up in India, a favorite pastime was trying to pluck those alluring mangoes that majestically hung at the very top of the mango trees and with a stick that had a special hook or by pelting stones, we would have these mangoes drop to the ground. Dipping a raw mango in a little bit of chili powder and salt to take that first bite made our faces pucker with delight. Since the mango made it to the opening act of the book, I have no doubt that This king of fruit is Dr. Chopra's favorite fruit as well. You got that absolutely right, spot on. And yes, we've got about 1500 varieties of mango in India. Uh, That's unparalleled to any other food in other countries, I guess. 
So, you know, yes, it is a favorite of the family too. There are countless recipes for making delicious dishes with mangoes, not only during the season, but well after the fresh ones are devoured. A lot you can do with this, this beautiful fruit. The mango pickle, uh, both the southern style and the North Indian mango pickle. Of course, with uh, kids in the house, the smoothies, the ice creams, the souffles, yes, and milkshakes. And there were curries where, uh, you know, which would be made with a little variety of ripe mango, uh, you know, mixed with coconut and tamarind in a curry form. I don't know the origin of the dish, but uh, I think it was Maharashtra. I don't know, but my mother would make that and we'd just have that with plain boiled rice. Are you all craving to eat a mango right now? I know I am for a nice juicy malgoa, so popular in South India, or a slice of a sweet Alfonso. Wouldn't that be wonderful? From all this delicious mango talk, we now move on to how some of the moments in history is associated with food. The partition of India was perhaps one of the most disturbing times in history, with one of the largest displacement of people ever to take place. During the partition, the refugees carried with them just a few cooking utensils to cook along the way. So food was one of the things that evolved and gave itself a new identity, creating a blend of pre and post partition traditions which didn't have any boundaries. The tandoor, which the refugees brought, was probably the most significant food symbol of this migration. Poignant moments of this history form the base for the food story, which Dr. Chopra has aptly titled as Food Without Boundaries. A humble Mashti Dal is the star of the story. This partition story is about her husband's side of the family. She writes, her father-in-law and his family had lived a happy and contented life in Bera, which is now part of a Punjab province in Pakistan. Beji, his mother, was the master chef. She was a simple lady for people who knew her, very humble, and she has given us many life lessons. When I got married, she's the one who really taught me. I, I wasn't a good cook. I knew, all I knew was medicine. I was too busy studying medicine and, but she's the one who really got me into the kitchen. And her type of cooking used to be out in the open courtyard with her tandoor and the rotis and the family gathered around. And she'd probably make one simple dish, which everybody would enjoy equally you know, and uh, I still haven't learned how to use the tandoor as well as she did. In the course of her story, she said the tandoor was one, the small tandoor was one thing that she carried along with her during partition. She left a lot behind, but the tandoor and like you said, a few utensils traveled with her. Beiji's mashti dal and tandoori roti combination is a perfect example of comfort food. There is no picture to complement this food story and recipe in the book. I guess there's no need for one. 
the story paints a perfect picture of the simple lives. They lived simple lives in Bhera was a very small town. It still exists, and uh, it is by the banks of the Jhelum River. So very fertile land, which grew their own wheat, milled the own, their wheat, made the rotis in what you call um, a community or a sanja chula, as a community tandoor. And uh, what she told us that they all shared together, all the families. Just a few stories that uh, I remember her telling me was all related to food. Many of these refugees who came to India during the partition settled, I think, in Delhi. Yes, they settled in uh, Delhi and uh, moved to a small, you know, community called the Harding Bridge. Still exists, and they had small quarters over there, where my husband's grandfather finally you know, got a job with the Indian Railways and stayed with it till he passed away. Punjab is known as India's bed basket with its rolling wheat fields. Kerala is the spice garden. From black peppers, vanilla, cardamom, cloves, cinnamon, nutmeg, ginger, turmeric, and many more spices find their home here. Each spice has a personality that plays a specific role when used to cook a dish. In the book Flavors of Home, the word home, I feel, is dedicated to Kerala cuisine. Yes, well, I think I'm a Keralite first and then a Punjabi. I think, uh, you know, I was just born in Amritsar and then at a very young age, we moved to a very small place in Kerala called Chertala, which most people wouldn't have even heard about and then made our journey on to Alapi. So uh, Kerala food is number one for us in the family. And then when I got married, came to Delhi, the Punjabi food started. They say all seafood lovers must definitely try Kerala style fish curry. Yes, there is a small village called Nindakara, which I mentioned in the book. And all we used to have after a full day's work was fish curry and rice in some form or the other. So some sort of fish and some rice that was staple in that region. And one just grew to like it. I, I guess it was a freshness or the flavor. Or it was just good food, wholesome, healthy and freshly made. Um, usually sardines, they call it matti curry. The next part of my conversation with Dr. Chopra holds a personal connection for me as we talk about the memories of Myanmar. Burma may be renamed Myanmar, but it will always remain Burma for people like us who have ancestral roots there. Like her father, my dad too was a refugee from Burma. He has told numerous stories and written a memoir about his journey, walking along what was known as the road of death from Rangoon in Burma to Madras, now Chennai. Rangoon, before the Japanese in, uh, infiltrated in 1942, was a predominantly Indian city under British Burma. My dad and his family had to leave a very comfortable life in Rangoon when the Japanese attacked the country in 1942. 
The journey to India lasted more than three months by foot. He walked more than 3,000 miles. Thousands of refugees died along the way and many thousands survived the treacherous journey. My dad was a survivor, although he lost two of his siblings along the way. With all these haunting memories, he used to always talk very fondly about his life in Rangoon, about the people and of course the food. He loved Indian samosas of all types because they reminded him of the Burmese samosas. And of course, cow sway, probably the most popular Burmese food. A hearty one pot meal with a variety of crunchy droppings. Cosway played a big role in our family uh, food journey. And uh, other than that, there was Mohinga, the fish soup that they used to make. I never really got the recipe of that, but I'm planning to do cooking from some of the more popular Burmese cookbooks, which are now available in the market, just to, you know, increase the number of recipes that I know about Burmese food. There was never a vegetarian causeway, which was then invented for the vegetarians in the family. It's really very versatile and it's a very forgiving dish. You can put in anything that you want into that soup. The Kausway recipe in the book is a very special one as it is a family treasure that we can all now try to cook. Who doesn't enjoy a favorite home-cooked food made with love? Reminiscing the foods we relished as children will constantly play a role in the foods we hold dear even as adults, isn't it? I lost my mother many, many years ago, but every day I connect with her through the beautiful memories I have of her and food is very much at the core of those precious memories. But my mom was never in the habit of keeping recipes. In fact, I don't even remember her looking up a recipe to cook anything. It was always a pinch of this and a handful of that and then boom, the dish is done and it tasted so good. The same with my mother-in-law. Both were such efficient and effortless cooks, masters of their kitchen. I learned to cook watching both of them with no specific measurements to refer to. Dr. Chopra has dedicated this book, Flavors of Home, to the two mothers in her life, her own mother and her mother-in-law, who diligently kept notes of the family recipes. Both of them uh, were great collectors of recipe books. And both of them used to document recipes handwritten in uh, notebooks at the time. They also used to cut out recipes from magazines and make a scrapbook out of it. So we had recipes from various um, magazines like Femina and Eve's Weekly at the time, and also Woman and Home, which was, you know, a very prized magazine because it used to come from the US. They thought all the international recipes came from there. That helped me a lot. In any Indian kitchen, baking in the oven, at least until the 80s, was really not a very popular cooking technique in many households, even in the urban areas, except for the traditional tandoor, of course, tandoor oven. I think um, in the mid or late 80s, my mom 
bought this round electric oven. I don't know if she bought it or somebody gifted to her. Uh, maybe a Bajaj brand or Philips, I can't remember. It had a looking window on top to check the color of the cake being baked. There was so much excitement when she baked a sponge cake, also known as a pound cake. The cake was baked to perfection in the oven and had the perfect texture. Well, my mother-in-law had an oven called the Belling oven, which she brought back from her when they moved from London to Delhi. But my mother baked in a small round bajaj oven, you know, with a glass top. A very basic, yeah, a very basic oven. And that's where I actually learned my baking. And then um, I progressed onto the, they used to call it the baby belling oven. I still have it. It's still with me at home and it's still functional after all these years. I think my mother's sweet little round oven is also still functioning or was still in use when I last checked about five or six years ago. Each one of the 35 plus recipes in the Flavors of Home cookbook has been so thoroughly put together, perfectly seasoned and garnished. Everyone has a go-to dish that is their favorite to eat and also to delight others, if you're a good cook. I would go with the fiery fish curry and the rice. That would be my favorite. Uh, not necessarily the family favorite, but my favorite for sure. And mine would be the biryani. You just cannot go wrong with this dish and yet everything can go wrong. The right amount of spices and cooking time is critical for this one pot, really aromatic dish, made vegetarian or with a favorite protein. Although the real origin of this dish is still being debated, but according to historians, biryani is the signature dish of Hyderabad, a southern Indian city, uh, and was originated in the era of the Nizams. But depending on where you are in India or where you go in this diverse country of culinary flavors, you will get a different taste of biryani. There's the famous Hyderabadi biryani, then there's this Lucknowi biryani, dum biryani, which is cooked in a sealed cooking pot, Sindhi biryani, and Angur biryani in the south, and of course, a home-cooked pressure cooker biryani that is now being popularized even uh, in restaurants in India and in the US. There's a beautiful ode to this festive dish in the Flavors of Home Cookbook and it's aptly titled as Biryani Bonds. We are almost coming to the end of this episode of the podcast. I don't know about you all, but all this food talk is making me hungry. But before you go, let's hear from Dr. Chopra's little sister, Nikki Bindra, who actually lives in the same town as me. I've known Nikki for some time now, but had no idea she belonged to a family of culinary experts. Hi, Nikki. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Nandini. Good to chat with you on this forum. Thanks for doing this for us. Coming from a family of food epicures, every day must have been a food fest for you. Give us a glimpse into the taste of your home, Nikki. 
Um, well, like like Bibi just walked you through all the different recipes and stuff. You know, you know that we food was a big focus in our house. Uh, our dad was a foodie, so he would finish one meal and then he would be like, "What's for dinner?" Um, I have memories of him. Um, you know, he used to be home. The most we would see him at home is on a Sunday. um and he would absolutely want to have the biryani on sunday and our mom i think would make the best biryani um apart from that didi's cooking has always been a hit um you know all over and even in our home there's always references of how she cooks a certain dish and how i need to perfect what i'm cooking so um and her favorite i think whenever we get together like you must have already noticed um kerala influence is big so we always do a you know a malu meal it could be either appam and stew or maybe you know sambar rice and avial um or even a fish curry but my absolute favorite is um prawn curry prawn curry in coconut sauce that's my yeah, my go to my soul food yum 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 Thank you both for joining my podcast today and thank you Dr. Chopra for sharing the family recipes with us and I'm sure the flavors of your home will find their way into so many more homes thanks to your cookbook. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. It's been an absolute honor and uh, I hope people enjoy reading Flavors of Home and cooking from it. Well, I hope you all enjoyed this food talk. Making a home cooked meal can actually help you relieve some stress. Each and every recipe in the book will urge you to cook. So get your copy of Flavors of Home cookbook and start cooking. It's available on Amazon. Until next time, bon appetit.